Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We talk every week about the reality of running property businesses. Stuart runs a portfolio of co-living properties with a six-figure turnover. And Simon owns Bytelets and created Patma, a leading portfolio management software system and a source of property market insights. Last week, we shared a, a fantastic conversation with you that we had with, with Adam from Sulis Properties. And first of all, if you're on your property journey and, and feel like you'd like to, to come on and join us for, for an episode of the Business of Property in, in a similar sort of fashion, please do reach out to us. You can contact us on show at thebusinessofproperty.com. We'd be really interested in having more, more conversations like that with, with some of you. So, so please do get in touch and volunteer. This week, we thought we would explore five key elements that, that we feel were in that conversation last week and were, were part of Sulis's sort of success and growth in their property business that they're experiencing. First of all, a key element that we identified was that they had a, a very clear choice of their target area, their target investment area. So Stuart, why do you think that matters? First of all, clarity. They had a lot of clarity. And speaking with a number of people in property, as we do, a lot of people kind of debate this quite a lot. And I think that just picking an area sounds simple, but it's not because people want to understand yields and what the target tenant type is going to be like. But the fact is, when we when we dove into this a little bit with Adam, he mentioned that his partner, Karina, had family there and that one of the first properties that they developed was seven doors away from the mother-in-law or the, you know, his, his partner's mother. And this is incredibly important because knowing an, an area is, is really key. And we've spoken about this before. But what's important about this in terms of scaling a business is that it just gives them clarity because they're not going to hop around, particularly when it comes to areas, because we know, you know, and I see it, I get emails into my inbox saying, you know, there's a there's a property in the northeast for 55K or there's you can buy this apartment in Birmingham for X. And it's very easy to start getting distracted. And when we're not focused on one specific area, it's very easy to lose sight of really key information like how much you're going to pay for a property, what a three bed should be, what a a one bed apartment should be. So having that area just means you're going to become a specialist on that area so that you can have a lot more confidence about the property deals you're going to go into. And more than that, you know, so for me, I tend to work within a one mile radius, if not smaller. And that just means I'm a lot more confident. If I see a property I have to make fewer decisions about the properties that I look at because if it's out of that radius, I instantly say, well, I don't really know that area, so I'm not even going to look at that. So I think for me, just that helped accelerate them quite quickly because they picked an area and they got on with it. So I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, I think they were helped by by having a sort of easy choice of area in so much as it was somewhere that they knew, they had links with, they had uh, other family in the area that sort of help with some elements of things, and it was an area that they were able to identify suitable investment properties in. And I think when that, that sort of those things come together, it, it can be fantastic and can work really well. But obviously, sometimes they they don't come together, and the areas that you might live in or you might be really familiar with 
may just not be suitable for for investment and therefore you do have to sort of explore and find an area but as you say if you do do that i think it is much easier if you choose an area identify an area that's suitable and then focus on it and obviously there's an argument for diversification maybe you want to have properties in a number of different areas to hedge against one area performing worse than others and and things like that but if you're doing that you you can't build up your repertoire of contacts your network your power team if you want to use that phrase in in that area so i think think having a having a key single area is is definitely a a a big benefit for being able to scale and you just touched on one of the the other element there which was that they already knew some people in the area so adam's partner said that she knew people tradespeople in that area and that is also something that is going to shorten the time frames to getting things done so i think for those reasons combined it meant that they had at least a foot up into into their property business yes indeed indeed so number 2 on our list is having a goal and I think we want to expand on that a little as we go through this in so much as it it doesn't necessarily have to be a hard and fast goal. You might need to update it as 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 reality arrives. But it is important to have a goal. And in the case of, of Sulis, they had a 20-year a goal. So they, they really were, were thinking long term. But what are what are some of the key growth benefits of, of having a clear goal, Stuart? Well, I'm sure we've all heard read a lot about goals and the importance of them and you know that even writing a goal down just increases the probability of it get of it happening so there's that importance the the other element particularly from from adam that struck me about that goal of 20 years was it was highly realistic and in property that's not something we hear about that often and the interesting thing is they talked about having 20 properties by that by that age and, and we'll come on to that in terms of the plan but they'd already purchased six so they so they had five buy to lets and an hmo so they'd already just by having that goal they had something in the ground for me it really comes back to something quite simple which is if you don't have a goal how do you know where you're going or even if you're there or not because if they'd set the goal to purchase and own five buy to lets in two years they, they would have surpassed it and not even known so they so to have that goal just means that we've got we've got somewhere to aim our compass at and direction and i think for me that is incredibly important and has been really really important in terms of growing my growing and scaling my property business would not have happened unless i had set goals one-year goals three-year goals five-year goals yep I, I completely agree and of course once you've got a goal the the next step along the path is our, our third key element and that's to have a plan is to work out how you're going to actually reach that goal and what actions you're you're going to take which we'll, we'll sort of come on to but in the in the planning part of it i think it's very important that you you do break down that goal so your goal might be 20 years away it might be five years away it might be one year away but how, wherever it is you can't take, generally speaking, sort of one step from here to there. You've got to break it down into into smaller steps, smaller incremental actions, smaller 
points along the path to reaching that goal. And in the case of a 20-year goal, which, which is quite reasonable in, in property, you really have to, to break that down. You, you can't sort of think in 20-year steps. So they obviously broke it down into needing to, to build a, a portfolio of 20 buy-to-let properties. And again, you can't do that overnight. It's, it's not a single step. So you do need that plan and that progression and a, a path to the goal. Yeah, I mean, so for me, a goal is almost putting the destination in. That's where we're headed. And the plan is mapping out how you're going to get there. And a lot of us, and, and certainly I did when I first started out, all I decided was that I wanted 100 rooms because that was in my head going to get me to my income goal. The funny thing was, when I started building the plan for that, so I said, so, so, so how did I plan for that? Well, it was, okay. I'm using an HMO strategy, and let's just say that the average property I'm going to purchase or acquire is going to be five beds. And then what's the average price of this at the time? And for sake of argument, it's 200. And then I knew that I'd need a 15% deposit. So then all of a sudden, you know, I know that I'm going to need 20 of those houses. And actually, each deposit itself at that time would have been 35 grand. So all of a sudden, that's 700 grand just for deposit. And it was really interesting that that's where Adam and Karina got to as well, because they worked out the plan, which, you know, in, in basic maths showed them that they were not going to have enough funds. They wouldn't have known that unless they'd started building that plan. So that then brought them to realisation very early on, okay, we need funding. Now, some of us will, particularly in property, it's very easy just to get going because we think it's all about the property. So we'll just get a property and then we'll work on the next one. But if you haven't, if you want to scale, a plan is absolutely integral to doing that. Indeed, indeed it is. But so is taking action. And, and this is really our, our fourth key point. And that is taking action, building experience, actually getting on and doing things. So it is important to have a, a goal to know where you're going. It is important to have a plan, which is how you think you're going to get there. But then you actually have to meet reality with those two things and start doing stuff. And, and this is, I think this is one of the, the most important things of, of Adam's story from, from last week, in so much as they they really, really did get on and they, they've got on with things very quickly. And through that process, they've they've tried a number of different things as well in order to widen the experience that they can gain or they have gained to help them provide feedback that, that can go back into their plan and their goals and, and update things. So it really is important to actually get started, to view properties, to start putting in offers, to go through mortgage processes, talk to a mortgage broker first, of course, and to work out what is actually needed to make things happen and, and make progress on things. Is, is there anything else you, you would want to add to that sort of getting started and building experience element of it? Well, it's the only way experience comes is through, is through doing. We can, we can read, we can get educated, but as I said on the episode last week, for me, it's about informed action. It's about understanding the risks of what you're about to do, but ultimately the doing is, is where it comes from. So for me, relationships aren't build, uh, built through 
reading books, they're out there. You've talked about making offers. You, you only get make offers. You're, you're going to start speaking with agents. You're going to start speaking with homeowners. They sent out letters. So they started, you know, someone contacted them two years after a, for a, a campaign that they sent. You know, that came through action. They built relationships. So for me, I had to do one refurb to realize that the building team I used were not going to be the building team I wanted to scale with. But I had to understand and learn what it was that I did want through doing that. So the, the experience, it's essentially what a lot of people will call a feedback loop. And you'll only get that through taking action. So both on what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Of course, I laughed with Adam about how they started because they started very similar to me in terms of, you know, they were doing buy to lets, buying off plan, doing an HMO, doing a flip. And although we'd advise really just just finalizing a strategy and going for it, and that's going to be our final point. But ultimately, that that taught them really what they wanted to do and, and how they were going to do it. And as I say, that kind of leads us into our final point, because really from from doing it, through taking action, you know, they'd had the area, they'd set the goal, they built a plan. And through building that experience, it actually that feedback came back to them. They were able to build a, a clearer strategy, Simon. Indeed. They, they had a plan to, to go out and build a 20-property buy-to-let portfolio. But all, along their way, they purchased buy-to-lets, but they also got involved in an HMO and providing finance for that rather than hands-on. And they were doing flips. And uh, along this path, they were able to, to gain experience, find out what worked. They fine-tuned their, their flip strategy so they've got it down to not just an area, but a very specific property type and how they, they refurbish those and bring them back to the market. And then they've even got a, a specific target demographic for who they're expecting to then resell those properties to. So they've, they've really used that experience to, to tune and update and adjust their, their plan and then hence their, their strategy. And through that experience and through the, the time they spent on it as well, and I think the time being a bit faster than they were initially expecting, they've been able to go back and update their, their strategy. So they were originally looking at building a, a buy-to-let portfolio over a longer time period. But now with the, the added experience from the, the flip projects they've been doing, they've now been able to go back and update that strategy so that they can use those flips and ongoing sort of pipeline of, of flip projects to accelerate the building of the buy-to-let portfolio so they can sort of work together and, and help accelerate their, their overall property growth. Now, of course, that, that does bring other challenges with it, such as running out of money, which is one of the, the key, key issues in, in property because it does need large chunks of money. But I, I think having that clear strategy means that they now know what they need to do next which is for them is to source extra investor input so that they can continue with that with that strategy and and what it gave them was a clarity on why they would do flips so Simon and I's question originally when we reviewed their email sort of application was why are they flipping now we both had a view on that and it and that view proved to be correct was that they wanted to do the flips to give them amounts of capital but there will be a lot of people out there that just want to do flips because they think that's going to earn them a bit of money and there, there won't be any further thought than that but actually they're they're flipping 
property is really part of a wider strategy. So again, that, that the clarity that they had just means there's a purpose to everything they do. And for me, it was very similar when I wanted to scale my property business. I realized that I could not scale the way I wanted to without either additional capital or looking at a different route to provide cash flow. So cash flow became very, very important for my business. And that was why I opted for a rent to rent route because it was less capital intensive, i.e. I needed to put in less money, but it would also start paying some of the bills, hopefully. So that is why. uh, And again, for me, that was a completely different strategy to the one that I'd started with and, and very similar to Adam and Karina. It was just because I'd gone out, got some experience, hard fought experience and just had to revise my plans and revise my strategy. Yeah, I think being able and willing to accept that feedback loop and update plans, goals, strategies in the light of, of experience and reality is a, a really key point to, to being able to, to succeed and, and grow. So just to recap then, our five key elements that we think are really helping Sulis scale their property business are having a clear target area, having a goal, but one you're willing to to update and revise as needed. Having a plan to find your path to that goal. Going out and taking action and building experience. And then using that experience to adjust and retarget and fine-tune a really clear strategy for continuing with your plan and hopefully, in the end, reaching your long-term goals. So that's it for, for us today. We hope you've enjoyed this slightly different format to, to a Business of Property episode. We would really love your feedback on it. Please do get in touch. You can email us on show at thebusinessofproperty.com or reach out to us on Twitter. We are at B-I-Z of Property. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye.